Coffee's ready. Guest is ready. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Prodigy Podcast. And we are on episode 38. The Yuletide is upon us. Um, and joining me is uh, a brand new brown belt, um, is Kevin McCoolan. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, well, I mean, we might as well start at this point. Is uh, how, How's it feel to, uh, to receive your brown belt? What, what, were your, what were your feelings and your emotions on the day? Were you expecting it? Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, like thoughts and feelings about that. I, I think it's just nice like, to get a new belt. Uh, whether you expect it or not or uh, it's nice to be recognized and for sure like what's got me kind of feeling is thinking about pretty much since I started if you like I said this the other day if you if I'd thought I would get a brown belt when I started like I would have laughed just no way because I was so so bad at jiu-jitsu and just looking at how much has changed obviously since um the since I started training and like looking back just being like super grateful for all the people that have been involved all my friends and people that I've met and all the competitions I've done just all the good experiences it's been really nice as a time to sort of look back and you know think oh that's been actually such great fun <laughs> to actually be doing all that and spending all my time um, doing jiu-jitsu it's been so much fun it's just it's sometimes just nice to be recognized with you know, a new belt or, or whatever a new challenge do you feel like that that the 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 possibilities? Obviously, with Nogi, there's uh, there's I'd say a bit more of a difference in the fact that you will, I mean, in matches previous to this uh, that you've had already this year, and matches that you have that you will have kind of looking towards the future. Um, Nogi, there's a bit more variation. You will face belts mm-hmm. higher than you and uh, higher or lower than you, just because we look at kind of level of experience and kind of quality of well skill um and we kind of breeze over the belts a little bit more in nogi but i guess in gi as well it opens up a whole new set of challenges a whole new uh group of opponents yeah i'm looking forward to it like you said in nogi already this year i don't think i've faced anyone else who's a purple belt it's been brown belts black belts um well, the only obviously like the only um, time I've actually faced people who are purple belts as well was, uh, you know, an open style tournament. But I've only done one of those, and I've done a good handful now of um, of like submission only type events. Um, EOC uh, Evolution of Combat. I've competed against Jack Brown, who's a brown belt, and um, Magnus Ingvarsson. He's a uh, Gunnar Nelson black belt. So yeah, I've competed against people already who are you know technically they're, they're ranked they were already ranked above me at the time and it, it was just nice like you said in nogi it doesn't really come into it as much but I, I look forward to doing it um i look forward to competing in those open style tournaments as well where it's um you know yes it is like brown belts if you will it's so like difficult to say what a brown belt is um because you know, I mean, you can have like well, Tarek Hopstock only just got his black belt. <laughs> you could have got guys like him. You know, you could have guys like him in that division. Like, what's the difference? It's but it's it's good fun. Um, it's definitely going to be an enjoyable an enjoyable chapter because purple belt was super enjoyable. I think like purple belt's the one where yeah, you know, it's it's so wide and it's the most fun 
belt. You know, some of the people you can come up against at purple belt are just unreal. You know, um, so it's 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 going to be fun again at brown belt, and I'm really looking forward to just you know, just getting stuck right in. Uh, really, to be honest, I'm really enjoying competing just now, and I really want to keep that ball rolling right into um, 2022. Well, and uh, as as you alluded to, you've had a for for. A, a year of maybe difficulty for some people competing you still had kind of a very active purple belt and you've been very as as active as I guess you can be really um is that something mm-hmm. that you thrive on is that something that you really enjoy is competing regularly and uh, and and really testing yourself in the the arena um if you will yeah yeah like um for sure I'm really like lucky and grateful that people have sought me out really um to to compete when there's not really been you know our competitions haven't really been technically allowed like you know this time last year i got asked to do like the sub series against guys like ellis young and on the farm again and tom mcdillon and stuff so really lucky and yeah it, give, it gives me a really good boost i really get a lot out of it i enjoy the prep uh, the preparation i really enjoy the preparing part i enjoy you know really dialing in like strength and conditioning and just getting sharp things like that i think it's really like a a fun process i'm not one of these guys who is just like jumping oh yeah someone for me i'll jump in at the weekend yeah cool i like i do like to prepare and i do like to go through that process and like push myself physically and mentally and then yeah you know get the rewards out of it i really i really enjoy that uh, side of things and i'm lucky that you know since i think competitions have been back we competed in september october i've competed you know regularly at least i think once a month on average um, and i'm competing again this weekend for the uh, scottish grappling invitational so i'll be the team scotland captain so i'm looking forward to that one as well and how do you because uh, you you say that you enjoy the preparation period, but when you're having such a high turnover of competition, even even though you may not be competing in more so the open tournament style, how do you mm-hmm. balance kind of preparation and not and and not making sure that well making sure shall I say that you they, there aren't any injuries or that there aren't any uh, you're not kind of in uh, you're not inhibiting mm-hmm. yourself for the next competition. Um, yeah, I think what's been important and I've recognized this year is I've been the most consistent that I've ever been with strength and conditioning. So, um, and I mean, I don't think it has to be completely mad. You don't have to do insane, insane, insane workouts. You don't have to be, you know, really like killing yourself on the weights. I think you just need to be consistent with some basic stuff. And I'm thinking, I thought about this a little over the past little while um, that I've been the most consistent I've been with strength and conditioning and touch wood haven't been injured so far so most years um, I have picked up like little nagging injuries that have maybe kept me off of something that I wanted to do be it ribs shoulder like I dislocated my shoulder at the Europeans I hurt my ribs and um, I remember before an important match and I, I kind of done it done it anyway I competed anyway and um, so I, like last year 2020 Europeans I dislocated my shoulder in a match and then had grapple fest a few weeks later I just kind of done it anyway but just wasn't in the best shape but uh, 
luckily this year, and I think it's due to strength and conditioning, I've been able to kind of go in and I've not been injured and I'm really lucky. Um, I've been in good physical and mental shape. And as well as that, I think um, it's important getting that balance right of training and trying really hard just now to actually um, make sure that as much as what I'm doing is physical, it's trying to match that with mental. So studying, taking in, like, even if it is like studying my opponent who I've got studying their matches, but just studying, try to get better all around at jiu-jitsu so that if they put something out there, I've got answers to it. I know what I'm looking at and not being caught cold and thinking, I don't know where the hell, I don't know what this guy's doing. You know, I don't know what this kind of entanglement is that he's got me in. Um, I think that's a really important part. So I've never really been one to just absolutely be, you know, just breaking myself. Or if I have, I don't think it's lasted very long. It, it will get you injured. I think it's really important to just kind of have that right balance. Um, like you said, I'm trying to have a right balance, but keeping in the strength and conditioning, I roll about four or five times a week. Um, but also try to, try to stay on top of studying and, and watching what's going on and understanding and having a good understanding of, of the game is like a, a really important thing as well. And well, as I'd like to delve into that because um, studying studying tape, if, if you will, or studying any form of whether it be instructional mm-hmm. or people rolling or compete or competitions, it's something that, mm-hmm. oh, personally, I've uh, uh, had a bit of a love-hate relationship with, but I know that yeah, a, lot totally. of, uh, a lot of people kind of, they, they either, there are some people who absolutely love going down the rabbit hole and some people who can't use it as a tool they struggle to use it as a tool to help their development is there any kind of way that you particularly found it useful any uh any particular way that you were like actually this works for me yeah um so i i totally get what you're saying about sometimes people study and then they study too much and then are they actually able to transfer it into what they're doing um I, i totally get that i think it's clear now that there's definitely a gap between the people who do study and who don't study. And if you watch submission-only tournaments, especially at the kind of, um, let's say you watch, you know, submission-only tournaments at a kind of British or regional level, there's a clear difference between those who are staying on top of the current meta and those who aren't. There's people who are clearly caught in the headlights when somebody grabs their leg in a certain way and they don't know what to do or they roll the wrong way or they or they make a mistake that's you know day one like you know if somebody catches you in 50 50 for example you can't really go the same you can't make the same defensive movements as you do as somebody who catches you in inside Senkaku or the saddle or whatever you want to call it you know so i think you know you have to be aware of that and even if you don't know every single detail and ins and outs of each position you need to have like a general idea of what to do. So you don't have to know Lachlan Giles' DVD inside out. As long as you know enough to know what the other guy is going to be likely to do from there and what you want to do from there and the, like adjust, like sort of kind of cover the, the basics. I think that's you know really important. I spent a, a good while um, earlier this year just like escaping inside Senkaku uh, position or again, whatever people want to call that and um, the saddle or inside Senkaku. I spent a good while escaping that because I knew it was something that people are going to be 
going for they're going to be strong at and if you can defend it and you know which way to turn and you know what to do when someone you can when someone grabs your heel you know what to do you can stay calm under pressure and I think it's clear now to see that a lot of people don't do that they they kind of maybe just don't understand what's going on and it's my goal really as a jiu-jitsu practitioner to understand what's going on so you know you don't have to use the tape to just be like okay I'm going to be an absolute expert I'm going to know what to do because ultimately when you're studying it's somebody else's game right you're trying to steal the bits which which apply to you um, and so, and you steal the parts that you which you personally like and you steal the bits which suit your suit your game it's impossible you know to just really rip off an entire other person's game so you a lot of the time it's yeah like picking up bits that you like but sometimes it's got to be done whether or not you you like it or not you do know you do have to know now how to escape a heel hook and you need to know the differences between each one and which way to turn because if you don't you know you're going to get your legs hurt especially if you're going up against um going up against someone who's competent in those positions and knows what they're doing you need to know which way to turn what to do what to not what to not do so uh yeah like you can you can avoid you don't have to study and you can try and pick up through your mistakes. But I think the, the gap is very clear now um, for the people who do and the people who don't. I, uh, I, I think you're, you're bang on the money because there's that you, even when you meet people um, and you kind of, you're discussing kind of either just generally jujitsu or a particular thing that you've seen or just done together, you, you immediately know someone's, again it's not it may not be specific knowledge but it's just kind of breadth and width of their knowledge uh mm-hmm. the and the level i think has just completely changed it's something that we're that a lot of people are getting used to the idea that actually you know your purples browns and blacks but i think we have an expectation that a black belt and more as well as that maybe brown belt as well that the level of knowledge should be high anyway but now, even now we're moving lower down to those purple belts and even blue belts where actually because people are studying so much and they're spending so much of their time um, and that the amount of people is far higher than maybe it used to be, people's knowledge has completely, like the level of knowledge that those people who are putting in those, those hours or, I mean, it doesn't have to be hours a day. It could be five minutes a day. It depends on how much free yeah, time yeah. you've got. But the difference is overwhelming. I think so. I think now as well, what you're seeing is it's not uncommon to for stories to come out of rolling with um, someone who's high level or a black belt, and you know has basically sort of never ever taken the time to study or understand heel hooks, and just people who just refuse to refuse to play that game like no i'm not not doing heel hooks you know it's it's i don't think you can do that anymore but it's i'm hearing stories of people who are just like no i refuse and that's they've gone like that for a long time and that's a mindset thing you know i don't need to learn them there's no point i'm not going to do those rules so well suddenly now for brown and black belts that's in the rules you can get heel hooked at a, at a nogi tournament at least um and I think, I think a lot of people have, you know, used that kind of ignorance. Um, I, I don't need to learn that. And that's going to come back and bite some people. 
you know, unless you, unless you straight out say at the beginning of a role, like, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to do heel hooks. Um, you know, there's uh, at least when it comes to leg locks, that's that's the main area, right? Because you can't you can't really get a black belt and and just be like, I don't do arm bars, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's definitely a leg lock specific thing, I think. Another area, actually, I think, uh, is wrestling. Some people um, really don't know, really don't know anything about wrestling other than like, here's a blast double. Like, I've really actually over the past year spent a good amount of time wrestling with um, uh, Nico Koyukaru, who's the current British champion at, at 74 kg. I think um, he's phenomenal. He's a beast, and I've just been really trying to you know like i say understand wrestling a bit more not and and because especially again i'll refer to like looking at competitions the difference is clear in those who know and those who don't some people are totally lost about how to actually get the match to the ground without pulling i think it's important to to be able to wrestle um and you can see people who just panic and shoot a double and they don't know what's going on and then you can see people who are taking their time a bit and uh, being a bit more methodical and I think learning wrestling is like a super important thing um, and a lot of people agree that now the next sort of um, door that is going to open is going to be the kind of merging of wrestling and jiu-jitsu especially for the ADCC like how are people going to merge their submissions with takedowns and things like that and wrestling to the back it's super important to know your your wrestling fundamentals uh, as well. We already saw that wave of, well, I mean, that first tingling of wave at last year's, uh, last year's year before, shall I say, ADCC of uh, of of people who who had a high level of wrestling ability who were mm-hmm. who were picking who were picking jujitsu competitors apart. Um, yeah, and, Nicky and, Rod. <laughs> yeah, and like the likes of Nicky. I mean, uh, regardless of the the fact of who he was training with and the hours he was putting in the the level of wrestling there was suddenly frightening people and as well as it being a physical and a skill based practice it was also the the mental i think people that someone with a confidence in their stand-up wrestling ability same with if someone is like a um a high level judo or anyone with like a high level stand-up grappling the confidence on their feet and especially as if you can't pull guard in a particular yeah. rule set which i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm there for I'm, I'm i'm here for it yeah uh yeah it, it it's a mental battle that people don't want to win uh, well not that they don't want to win but they suddenly if they're on the back foot on it because they don't they don't feel confident on their feet or don't feel like they can compete on their feet it it, it can really mm. have a detrimental effect to the rest of the match for sure. I think I've seen more matches now where there is an individual who does want to play guard and the person on top is already up, up on points or whatever and the person on bottom wants to play guard and the person on... So you've got a guard player who's down on points and a top player who's up on points. This top player doesn't really want to engage. So you can't just ask the person on top, you, you know, come on, come into my guard, try and pass. You do have to, at that point, be like, no, we need to now wrestle for this. We need to now get back up to the feet and, and start to wrestle for it. Um, and 
yeah, like you said, like that wrestling ability, it does give someone just that extra, that extra boost of confidence, knowing that if this stays on the feet, you aren't going to take me down. And I, I might not take you down just yet, but I will get, I will get there. I will, I will keep putting the pressure on. I'll keep putting the pressure on. And w- when you roll with some of these guys, I'm not joking. <laughs> when you roll with someone who's at the level, Nico's. Nico's been wrestling since he was three years old, I think. And he's rolled, went to, uh, sorry, wrestling since he was three years old and went to, went to school to wrestle, you know, been wrestling their whole lives. When these people really start to get you into their world and you, you know, you're not allowed to like just sit and pull guard, man, these guys are at top level. And I just think, wow, like if we crossed you over into jujitsu, if you wanted to do a couple of jujitsu tournaments, and you know, came away from wrestling for a bit. You just think, like, God, that's scary, and that's already happening. I think in America, so when it, probably in the next wave of people are going to be are going to be like amazing wrestlers, and I'll be able to just pick up jujitsu no problem at all. But I think again, like coming back to my original points, I, I just I just can't I just can't ignore it now, especially in our club. It's pretty much you know we do push it a lot. You have to know how to how to wrestle, um, and I, I do see it more now. Like there's people who are trying to pull and trying to get others to engage, and it's not happening. Especially in some tournaments where there's a lot on the line, you could be up a few points early because of some, you know, a submission attempt or, you know, for whatever reason, you could be up on points early. Playing guards not just not enough, and yeah, that ability to to get up and wrestle just gives someone so much confidence. Um, knowing that you can put another person down and stay on top as well it gives you the ability I think sometimes to to really see out a match you know like to be able to know like okay there's a couple more minutes left in this match and I'm on top and I know this guy isn't getting back up <laughs> you know like that gives that gives an extra level of confidence at least it has for me you know being having that wrestling in the locker and um, has definitely won me matches and, and given me confidence to be able to know like I'm I'm gonna win this match. I know it. Especially as well when we, we look at I mean depends on how how it's occurred, but if you're getting reset and it gets reset to your feet, you come off the edge of the map, whatever it may be. But when it resets if if they can't uh kind of the ref can't imitate the position and get you guys in the same position, you get reset back mm-hmm. to your feet. And for that some people that's Ah oh, shit! Now I need to I need to get it back down. I need to get my point. I need to like try and land the takedown now. But if if you feel like you've got that in your locker, then like you say, it just gives you a whole world of confidence. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just it's just so much ingrained now. It's uh, I think people used to think of it as like a separate thing. It has to be it has to be ingrained. Uh, you know, to be able to get the purple belt, I think you know you've got provided. Provided you're fit and healthy, um, you know, you don't have like knee problems and back problems and all sorts. I think you should be able to shoot a good double, you know, have good options from the single. Um, and and more importantly as well, even if you don't want to wrestle, it's important to know how to be defensive from wrestling. Like, what do you do if someone gets a hold of your leg? Do you just fall back down to your guard? No, that's two points. You need to know how to get somebody away from you. It's just so, it's just so, so important. Um, and I, I, it's... It's so good as well for just being an athlete. What 
wrestling at the top level is the most athletic sport in the world in my opinion I can't see anything else that beats it for athleticism um, and like I say when you train with some of these guys who've been wrestling the whole entire time these guys are athletes and that that rubs off a bit you do need to increase you know like that explosiveness when you're with them um, and just even simple things in jiu-jitsu I've found is the way people um, who wrestle take grips and the way people who uh, do jiu-jitsu take grips when people who do jiu-jitsu take grips they tend to like they grab and they hold and they start to like pull and people who wrestle they're, like they're one grip the next the next the next and they're off balance and you all the time and i call it getting caught in their whirlwind they're really good at getting you to grab where they just were and you know when you can do that that's like that's a special skill to be able to do and, and like you said on the opposite side side to that if you don't want to wrestle you need to know that don't don't kind of grab hold and hold on to the first thing that they put in front of you because i promise you that they're gonna just use that to your to their advantage and the amount of times I've been fireman's carried <laughs> against my will, right? That's embarrassing. Like, I've been fireman's carried against my will um, by another human. And, you know, they, they will. They just, they'll just make you step into the trap. It's a beautiful skill to be able to have. Well, uh, let's take it uh, back a little bit because um, I'm interested in finding out how, how jiu-jitsu came into your life. Um, what, what first drew you to the sport? Uh, was it your first sport mm-hmm. or had you done other things before? I first started grappling because um, basically of an incident when I was on holiday with a group of guys uh, who were my friends, or who I thought were my friends, and I was lower down the pecking order. And yeah, someone just threatened me over something really small, um, which was lying on a, a line on a sunbed. And the guy was just like, get off that sunbed. Otherwise, I'm going to beat you up. And I realized right there in that moment that I'm lying flat on my back. I can't box this guy. I can't punch this guy. I need to be able to learn how to grapple. You know, um, the situation requires grappling. And it just clicked in my head. And I'd done boxing before. I'd done like a couple of classes. And I'd done some Muay Thai classes and been to Taekwondo as a child. And, you know, nothing really clicked I just didn't have that instantaneous sort of I love this and when I got to jiu-jitsu I, I loved it and I was terrible at it like absolutely terrible I'm glad that I stuck because I just said to myself I just want to see how good I can get jiu-jitsu I don't want to attach a goal to it like you know win a medal because I didn't actually think I was good enough at all to win any medals or get another belt and if I if you told if you asked me Kev, like, how far do you think you'll go in this? We wouldn't honestly be able to say, you know, I'll be fighting and uh, I'll be competing for like Team Scotland or I'll be competing for this belt or on Grapple Fest or get, I wouldn't have ever thought I would have got my brown belt. I would have just laughed at you, you know. But my goal was to see how good I could get. And I realized that that was an important part to, to set the goal of just try to be as good as you can because it wasn't attached to getting a blue belt or a purple belt or whatever belt. And I think that's why some people do fade away from jiu-jitsu because their goal might have been, you know, to, to do a tournament, to get a belt. And I've seen people fall away at that blue belt level. And I think it's because they put everything into it and they think, well, great, that's a good, that's a good place to stop. You know, I'll just get my blue belt and I'll just stop um, because that's, that's their goal achieved, you know? Um, they might have chosen jiu-jitsu over like 
another kind of kickboxing sport or something like that where you do get belts a lot faster a lot easier it has to be said and we think wow that was a real amount of effort to get my blue belt i suppose that'll do you know because it is that curse of the blue belt like where they just they just fade away um and yeah i was really glad that i just said to myself i just really want to see how how good i can get and just see where it takes me and i'm glad that that's that's the the goal that i set for myself because it's never ending and it forces me to always have to get better i mean it goes into i guess the wider the theme of the fact that people should really try and love the process and really focus on enjoying the learning aspect of it um, and 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 like you say, the major pitfall is the fact that people people want those accomplishments and those and like or whether it be time served or um, you medaled in a particular competition or you got a particular belt as as the markers yeah. and and I, I don't know I don't know how you kind of if if that's someone when if someone's coming in with that how as a as a coach or a, or a, or appear how you how you encourage that to to go away to 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 re, to get them to realize that there is more to it than that and actually for longevity they'll they'll enjoy things more if if they take their focus away from those things i mean like i'll just touch on it you said like learning to fall in love with the process i have well and truly learned to love the process of getting ready for a competition, I I personally love it, right? Because it does it puts a it puts a, a date and a time where I have to be ready or ready enough, you know, and I have to you know be fit, have my you know my game together, be doing well, and I have to be ready for that day and time. And I I, I personally love that, and um, and getting my mind ready. I think that's really important for getting my mind ready. But that's that's not for everyone, you know. But I think, I do think some of the elements that competition provides would be good for a lot, would be good for a lot of people. If they can, yeah, if they can take it away from being, right, that's the, that's my one peak in the whole of this is like I do this competition and that's it, I go away. You have to see that as like, yeah, it might seem like a big, massive, huge achievement for you at the time but you want to look back at that and have achieved more and if 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 that and that's the way i look at it because i like to compete um you know and for some others their goal might be you know it might be just to you know step on the competition mat or whatever and that's that's absolutely okay um i suppose really realizing like what's what's best for you is a difficult skill um to what's best for someone to 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 realize what's best for someone as a coach is a difficult skill it's a a skill i think good coaches do have to realize like what a person needs and i think there's something in jiu-jitsu for everyone and it it might be that that person needs to kick up the arse to get themselves in shape get themselves ready to compete others just need to be consistently on the mat and learning because it so much for their, their life to have you know good people around them it does so much for their life to just be exercising and you know in a good social situation and others you know they do need that kick up the ass to to you know right you you should compete it will do you well you will 
you will stop bullshitting yourself once you get on that mat. Like you, they need it for their, their for their life. And others, I think, do just need to be around. You know, consistent, consistently around positive people, which I think you find in jiu-jitsu gyms, and having that just constant sort of progression. You know, because it, it, competition's not for everyone. It, it is for me, and I, I like it. Um, but it's not for everyone. But just try to find what gives you your purpose in, in jiu-jitsu, I think, is um, something that people are going to have to take some time to find. And it might just be that, you know, if you like turning up, getting better, rolling, getting, using it to de-stress, like, that's brilliant. Um, I personally enjoy competing, and that gives me a huge buzz. Others may just want to, you know, just improve themselves and be able to hang with, whoever you know on the mat and that's it like that's a great goal too and I think a lot of people you know they 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 quit because they think oh man I suck compared to that guy but all that really matters is if you stick around you'll eventually be able to to hang in there you know and that's that's an important thing for people to realize if you I try and tell beginners this all the time you're going to compare yourself to this other person who you have you get beat up by and or not beat up but you know you lose your roles and that that person submits you and you're going to think ah oh, suck and then you take maybe some time off and you think god i don't want to go back because i'll have fallen so far behind it doesn't matter you know as long as you just keep showing up and you keep consistent over the long game i think that's the most important thing for anyone to just stick in over the long game is that something you, you talk about your love for competing? Was that something that you discovered early on where you were as a white belt competing and going, yes, this, this, this is really for me. I really thrive in this, uh, in the preparation and, and in, in the competitive arena. Or was it something that you, that you grew to love and, and it actually maybe reflected more on your time in the sport? Yeah, so I lost my first competitions, <laughs> and I did. I really had a bad relationship with competition from a school sort of level. Um, my school football team sucked. We lost, and everyone was like, "Just it's just about taking part. It's about taking part." So I'd never really kind of tasted what it was like to be a winner, um, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. uh, so I did lose my first couple of matches, and I think I won one or two it didn't really mean anything you know it would be like a kind of a consolation match in a small tournament um and then I remember just going away I got my blue belt um I got my blue belt I'd I, I'd done MMA as well um but in jiu-jitsu specifically because um, I didn't actually really like MMA competition that much it was a bit too stressful uh, to to say just to say a small amount about it it was it was extremely stressful I couldn't stop thinking about it jiu-jitsu was the right amount of stressful <laughs> um, so yeah i lost all my first like jiu-jitsu um, competitions and i one day done this tournament and i read i won i won all my matches that day at that tournament it was like three or four matches in a submission only tournament and i went away and i read this book called bounce uh, have you heard of it By yes Matthew i've Sire. read it it's great but it's it's like a book that honestly changed my life and changed my perspective and I honestly just thought, like, ah, you know, some people are just born with it and some people just aren't. You're, you're set in stone. You either just understand jiu-jitsu or you don't. And it kind of clicked then when I'd read this book. And I think I read the book in a day. 
And I literally smashed this whole book because I'd won this competition. And I realized, man, well, I, that it was the same, the same competition came back round again. You know? So the one that I'd just won, I'd lost at that one the first time round as a white belt. And I was like, well, you've just been putting loads of time and effort in. So maybe it's not just about if you're talented or not. Maybe you have put in enough time and effort to deserve to have won that. And then just something clicked and I was like, fuck, I've had it all wrong for so long. I believe that, you know, you're just, you're set in stone good at jujitsu or bad at jujitsu. You're set in stone to be good at competition or bad at competition. And I suppose I never had like a really, a good coach when I was younger and throughout all the other sports that I'd done, I'd never had someone really take that time. It just always been through school sports and things. And now that I was in this group that I liked and we were coaching each other and we were doing competitions, I suddenly realized I was like, wow, like, okay, if there's nothing stopping you getting as, like, well, there's nothing stopping you getting as good as you can be. You can try as hard as you can try. You can put as much effort in as you want. There's, you shouldn't stop yourself and say, well, I'm not putting in the effort because, you know, I'm never going to be world champion or I'm never going to beat this like that's such a silly attitude and I just realized that that's what I've been doing I've been really I've been really like self-handicapping for the longest time because I believed well you're either just good at this or you're not it's a, it's a talent thing it's just a magic you know and it's so silly when you when you really open up that kind of idea and you think well wait you know so there's certain people who are just born to be good at business and born to be millionaires and you, you're, you're just not special in any way. You can't do any of these things. Like, I just suddenly had this amazing epiphany of like, wow. And it sounds silly. You know, it sounds silly now when you, you've been doing it for years and you improve. But it, it took that sort of competition, that win, and then reading that book, that good. And it all mixed in with those good endorphins and being like, wow, like, yeah, I, I worked hard and I deserve to win those matches. And there's no reason that I can't carry on this experiment if you like you know and and i think that's what made me kind of fall in love with competing and wanting to get better and wanting to continually okay like well i've won this tournament so i want to do another one i want to do another one um, and try as best as i can on that front and um, that's really something that kind of clicked within me and i just really enjoy now um challenging myself and putting myself through m the mental challenge of okay well this is a bigger match now now it's a bigger match. And I always treat every match as if it's the biggest match I've ever done. And it helps me, it helps me stay prepared. And I enjoy that getting nervous and I enjoy getting the butterflies and sweaty palms. And, you know, just, I enjoy that feeling of having that buzz in my chest of like, okay, it's, it's really happening. I, enjoy, I love it. There's nothing, there's nothing that can replace it. And I, I remember realizing a couple of months back in September just as I was waiting to go out and they were like, okay, we're another couple of minutes, another couple of minutes. And I was like, I love this. It's horrible, but I love it because there's nothing ever that can replace this. You can't replace that feeling of someone being like, you're next. Okay, you're next. You know, if, you, if you've ever done a tournament and they're like, okay, you're next. You just can't, just can't replace that. And I'll, I'll be begging for that moment when I'm like old and decrepit. I'll be begging for those moments back. <laughs> There's, there's something about in, in the chaos of the world that we live in, where unless to, to know that uh, a challenge is coming your way 
it's it's a bit like mm-hmm. the uh, the only thing I could probably link uh, uh compare it to, and it's not a fair comparison, but it's like you voluntarily step on a roller coaster, you sit down, and you know that it's you who's going to be going off next, like that, and and all the excitement of that, and then you add to that. Imagine if, like for the for, well, not that anyone who doesn't do jujitsu listens to this, but for those who may not, it's it's the thing of imagine now if you had prepped to go on that roller coaster for six weeks, and yeah. everything you had done was like focused on getting on that roller coaster. So then, when you're sitting on, there is nothing like you know that the next thing you're gonna do is compete to shoot off. Like yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's that's like a that's like a a really like interesting way to think about it is everything you're doing and then you know you do you suddenly you prepared so hard and you suddenly you get there it's finally the day and suddenly you know the days finally you've weighed in okay now they're calling you and suddenly you're like on the mats and i love that and i'm like wow like this is happening now and you just go something another person takes over that you know and something like, i'm lucky like another a person that's competent within me, <laughs> like another alter being takes over and is competent and takes over the nervous feelings and things like that and, and just gets business done. Like, I enjoy that. Um, unfortunately, I know like, for a lot of people, it doesn't really work that way. I've seen it where people just can't can't get going and they freeze. But it is, it's, it's so exciting. You know you're going to take a big risk and it is a roller coaster because you can't ultimately control the result. You can do your best. If you come up against someone who is truly better than you, and that will happen, you know you can't control the result. You do want to win, but you can't always control the win or the lose. You can put in like the the best preparation, and I think you know that's something that's really worth saying is if you prepare really hard and really well, you know I think it softens that blow of losing. Uh, if you if you lose and you know you're like well. Yeah, someone was just there and you you gave it your all and you tried as hard as you can you know you don't you don't feel as you don't ever feel as bad as what you think you're going to feel you know i've lost and lost to people better and i feel much better when i fought hard to the end i've sometimes uh, I, i've i've let someone beat me before let someone beat me before i even walked out onto the mat i felt the worst i've ever felt in my life but you know, like you said, just going with that roller coaster of emotion and, and just stepping out and doing it, it's it's always good fun. And I encourage people to compete when because when they then do, they realize they're like, wow, that was so much fun. Even if you just take it away from like, you know, just solely from yourself, you usually do it with teammates, right? So it ends up being a good day for everyone. So yeah, like you're right, you 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 commit to getting strapped in. And you, you ultimately can't control the end result. You, you can't control whether or not you, even if you do, like when you could get robbed by a referee's decision or something like that, you just have to go put in the work, put in your, your best effort and hopefully come away with something, come away with the result. But it's not, it's not fully in your control. I think uh, the, the team aspect as well and the enjoyment of it, we, we can we can like look to to enjoy the victory but then always when you when it comes to the losing part it's always like well i won't enjoy that i don't want to enjoy that 
but I think the focus should be on, like you say, is if I if you know that you've put it all out there, then that, 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 that you can't you can't not enjoy the fact that you you have pushed yourself and you have tested yourself. Um, there's a uh, I'm a big lover of stoicism, and there's a stoic quote saying. Me too. Uh, uh, well, actually, fun enough, I wrote it to myself the other day. Is like to paraphrase is, uh, don't be dragged by the cart. Don't be the dog being dragged by the cart. Run alongside it. It's like continue to 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 enjoy whether it's life or or anything particular, yeah, whether yeah. it's competition. It's like enjoy it. Run alongside it. Don't be fought. Don't be dragged by your neck if you have to, because yeah. you you won't you won't you won't have a good time. I think that's like so important. You said that. Um... I'm a huge um, fan of stoicism myself. I've got a tattoo of Marcus Aurelius on my leg. It was my first tattoo. Um, I just, <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree. You know, at least if you if you go and you sign up, it's like, yeah, you are taking control. You're choosing to put yourself through those emotions. You're taking some control and, yeah, I'm signing up. I'm going to try hard. I'm not just going to let life drag me around. You know, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to control control my life putting yourself through a challenge is an important thing to do in your life. It's a really important to challenge yourself and whether or not I always think of it through a lens of jiu-jitsu competition, it might not be from doing jiu-jitsu competition. It might be from doing something else. It is important to, to challenge yourself. Um, and yeah, I, I really love like stoicism and I think it's a, like, it's a brilliant compliment to uh, jiu-jitsu. It's a brilliant compliment to anyone who wants to do well in life. I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of stoicism. It's, it's, it is. So it's the practical person's ideology. That's what I like to, when people are, ask me why I like it, I, I like to refer it as that. It's, it's applicable in real life. And I like all things yeah. that are genuinely applicable. I think the one, the one that kind of got me um, was Marcus Aurelius said, you know, the ingredients for a happy life are already within you. And I think that really struck me when I, you know, I was working somewhere that I didn't, I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy my daily life of getting up. And I was like, well, you know, you're again, Kev, thinking about the world in terms of, you know, things are just set in stone and this is the way it's meant to be. Um, it's like, well, the ingredients are already within me. Like I can change and I can make my own, I can make my own life. And, you know, there isn't any point in wishing for, oh God, like I just wish I was a millionaire. I just wish I had this different life. I wish I lived somewhere else. It's like, well, actually, you know, you do have the ingredients to change your way of thinking about your own current life and live it the best that you can. And I really like that sort of, that idea. Um, especially how it applies to, you know, um, one thing I thought about a lot is, in my area, it wouldn't be particularly well known for combat sports, but I think me and the group of people that are training really want to change that. And well, you can just say, Oh God, I wish I lived in Costa Mesa where the Mendes brothers gym was, or you can go, well, no, I live here. and I want to make here as good as it can be. So I'm going to try my best. I'm going to put, I'm going to put myself you know, doing jiu-jitsu competitions trying to teach the best classes that i can teach try to give jiu-jitsu to everyone to try and make this area as best as it can be for for jiu-jitsu you know and giving it giving it everything a good chance and through my business and through my like doing jiu-jitsu like stoicism there's always a stoic 
sort of way of being and like a lot of kind of references to stoicism and yeah i think it's it's like a super important thing for if you if you're not on stoicism you should totally totally get onto it <laughs> and my 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 big caveat is is because i uh, i'm a big um believer in looking after your own mental health is that we're we're not we're never perfect you everyone yeah. will have lapses and we'll have moments where silly silly to think that you're going to live an entirely happy yeah. life of just pure ecstasy is just not going to be <laughs> yeah and so actually in those moments if you know that you can go oh well you know what tomorrow's a new day i'm going to practically yeah, totally. do what i can then it, it it can really it can be transforming um, yeah control what you can control right exactly um, i think it was it was so good um it was so good um hearing i speak to one of the i think in my personal opinion one of the best mindset coaches in the world uh is a guy called david neesey and he spoke recently on a, on a podcast he said look he, he had someone he had someone on and they asked like what do you do when you're just in this mental dark hole and he was like you know it's silly to think that we are going to uh, even as athletes you know it's just all going to go our way we can be prepared for you know those days where you feel like it you can be prepared for the time where you know you are maybe you get injured or whatever you can mentally prepare yourself by saying you know it is likely that in my life i'm going to feel like this at some point you know you can prepare yourself so well um for for those those moments and i thought it was really important because i remember one day i've got this i've got this training session coming up and i'm like oh i don't feel like doing it and i suddenly just gave myself this massive kick up the ass and i'm like wow like really like you would ask for this if if you could have this moment back again in a few weeks time you absolutely would so get yourself get your gear on and get ready to go you know and that's just sometimes you do need that kind of cold <laughs> stoic boot up the arse as well <laughs> i would say you know it's just you know you are going to have times where you're, you're not going to feel um the best you're not going to feel the happiest you're not going to feel like training and you just have to do it anyway well said well said well um before we delve and turn this into a four-hour podcast on stoicism uh, let's yeah, move on sure. to let's move on to current events which is um, as you alluded to earlier sdi um, which is that mm-hmm. one of my since it got announced is probably one of my favorite like uk competitions yeah so um the the sdi four nations is going to be a quintet style and um, tournament so five versus five so yeah as far as I'm, as I'm aware and this is this is what i'm telling you this is what i think it is um, <laughs> so it's um, a quintet style so if you're not familiar with quintet style grappling um i have a lineup of five and um, so my team is myself uh, stevie ray who's a former ufc fighter we've got jack brown who's been on the podcast uh, I've got David Sharp and um, his teammates with Jack Brown and we've got Ben Fletcher who's the head coach of uh, CBA Jiu-Jitsu in Edinburgh. Okay, so we have our lineup. England, Wales and Ireland have their lineup. We put our pick against their pick, you know, and it's a winner stays on. But if, if there's no winner, you know, both people go out and you go on to your second picks. And so on and so on until obviously maybe you know one person gets submitted. So one team's only got two players left, and the other team have got three, and it's first to eliminate all players. 
However, if it gets down to the last match where, you know, let's say the four matches prior have not gone to submission, the whole thing gets decided by the last match. Even if it doesn't come down to submission, it comes down to who was the most aggressive. So there's that. And then, so obviously the way it's going to work for the uh, the four nations is it's just going to be a semi-final and a final. So we're going to do that twice in one night. Um, so it's going to be good because some of the names in the teams, I just can't wait. And I think one of the most exciting parts about it is you can't control who you're going to get. Um, you know, you could, you're going to get, like, for example, probably one of the top names. So you got Owen Livesey um, from England, who's just been on Pilatus. Uh, he's like a Commonwealth level judoka. You've got Ash Amos in the Welsh team. You know, Kieran Brohan, he's the captain of the, the Irish team. And even just all the names. So not only do you not know what team you're going to get drawn against, you don't know what order you're going to come out in and who who's going to be against you. And yeah, if you if you win by submission, you've got another monster coming at you <laughs> straight away. So um, like I think that's going to be an exciting one. I've never done anything like it. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting any any matches I can. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, these guys like Matty Holmes and the England team, uh, Tyrese, who you're friendly with, uh, Kev Corkill, you know, um, you've got Ben Robson in the Welsh team, uh, Kieran Brohan, Keith Cameron in the Irish team. So, like, whatever happens, there's going to be fun matches and there's just going to be wild card matches as well. You're going to get people who are really small coming against people who are really big. And, yeah, that, that's what I think it's going to be. You can tell I'm excited about it already, you know? I, I think... It, what it reminds me is of is I think it was the second quintet where they they put in the tenth planet team as well, and there yeah. was and there was a real like smorgasbord is probably the word that's coming into my head. Yeah. Of, like there was different sizes and weight classes and different completely different styles, and it was just yeah. you you couldn't guess. It was it was all like I think there's something when it comes when a, a quintet style tournament comes together best is when you 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 so badly just want to see it play out because you have no idea how it is going to play out um and i think that's the most and that's what really got me excited especially when they started announcing um different members and the team captains and then cascading down who was going to make up the teams yeah i mean I'm excited about my team. I'm super excited about competing with those guys. Like, and yeah, I, there's so many ways it can play out. And I suppose it comes down to, you know, the, the choice of who goes who goes first. Um, I'm not actually entirely sure if you can kind of change, you can ch- kind of, you know, change your pick. If you yeah. can say, well, I'm going to send this guy now. I, I'm going to send this guy out instead of this guy. I don't know if they're like, no, you have to have, you have to submit your one, two, three, four, five. Like in order, you have to submit that, or you can change it as you go. I think you probably will have to submit your kind of your team sheet as it would be um, in advance. So I kind of have to. I'm gonna to have to turn up to the rules meeting for this one. <laughs> like, but yeah, I, I'm just. I'm just like you said. It can in any way that it plays out, it's going to be good, especially for uh, fans of grappling, especially British grappling and people like yourself who are aware of the kind of of grassroots or it's probably not fair to call it grassroots it's more like up and comer people who are it seems to be people who are like touching the Polaris level and the grapple fest level who are you know 
Um, I think the most people on this are averaging about like brown and black belt sort of level. Um, so yeah, like I think that's going to be it's going to be super good fun. The uh, I think it, I prefer I think the the dynamic changing because then you get that anticipation of when there's like I think we saw it in the last Polaris. I don't know if it was predetermined, but it looked like they were kind of having when the on the last team's event they were having discussions in the team about who they were going to send out depending on the result of the last match. I quite like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Um, because then it becomes then it does become tactical. And you know, and I think you, you will then see the best sort of matchups. And um, because and it's gonna depend on teams and their mindsets and how they want to go about it. The teams just want to put someone out, or do they want to go out and get somebody submitted and risk perhaps risk their, you know, their best submission threat getting um, eliminated too so yeah it's like all I can say is like it's super exciting and in, in a sense for me um, it's so different like who, how can you prepare for that like who do you prepare for you just literally have to go out with your own game your own mindset and you have to take whoever's in front of you you know and it could be someone who outsizes you massively and it could be someone who's way smaller than you um, and you just have to go, uh, and I think it'll be—I think it'll be a great night. I honestly think the card is up there with the best cards you're going to see in 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 the whole of the UK, and I think it's going to be so like entertaining and so much value for money. I think you know probably the matches that come out of it, people are going to be talking about for a long time. There probably will be. People will be begging to see it afterwards. They're like, wow, like, where's the footage of this versus this? I heard this happen. So I think as well, there's going to be some like shocks too, for sure. There's going to be people who get to make their name that night. And there's going to be people who maybe get taken out and would be expected to win. So um, I'm looking forward for that. I'm all about that. <laughs> let's let's hope for some, some Lachlan Charles ADCC moments. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I, I can't. Uh, I can't begin to like you say preparation is just is just kind of out the window of specific opponents because you could be yeah. going up against Owen or you could be going up against like the likes of Kieran two complete different body types two complete different yeah, styles yeah. totally I do so if there's someone's going to pull out uh, a Lachlan Giles moment uh, I'm going to have to put my money on Jack Brown seeing he's he's got like Lachlan Giles's you know encyclopedia at his fingertips, Jack Brown has been uh, has been fairly getting his money's worth out of those DVDs. <laughs> yeah, his love of K Guard is uh, is definitely yeah. uh, not hidden and not. Uh, yeah, he's good at K Guard. He's good at it. He almost got me with it, close but not close enough. Yeah, we had a match a few months ago, and his K Guard's like super good. And uh, Jack's gotten so much better since then, anyway, because. I wish I could do some of the things that he could do, like just go out onto Grapple Fest and just absolutely relentlessly go after some poor guy's legs and submit them with like, you know, some ridiculous 50-50 stuff and just go after it. So, yeah, that it's going to be cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think one of the things which is going to come through, which is I think it's a really important to have as a competitor, is there's going to have to win. There's going to have to be fearlessness people are going to have to go and say, I don't care that this guy is, you know, whoever, what they've done. You're going to have to go out there and be fearless and go, yeah, I'm going to have to go after this giant, 
you know, like like the kind of last Giles ADCC moment, you're going to have to go after someone and compete fearlessly. And I think that's going to make for some really, really good matches. And, you know, going out, not caring about the result because it doesn't matter. You can't just hold on to it if you pass someone's guard. You do, you, you're both going out. So you're going to have to fall back on the submission. You're going to have to really take a risk if you pass someone's guard. You're going to have to maybe dive on something or, you know, you're going to have to be really, really putting everything into getting that submission because if you, you know, if you play the non-risky style, if you go, well, actually, I'm going to hold on to this guard pass and that would usually maybe get you a decision win, you might actually be letting your team down by doing that. And that's a thing that, you know, that's going to be so different for a lot of people. It's it, just talking about it gets me excited for it. Yeah, for sure. I really hope a lot of people tune into it or buy tickets, and because I think the atmosphere is going to be really good. They don't have, they've never, they've never done anything like this. And if you, if you actually go to this venue, I'm lucky that I've been to this venue and competed there a lot. And um, it's good. It kind of comes down. There's a good atmosphere about it. The way the arena set up, and I just, I'm buzzing about it already. And it's, it's like I said, it's so different. My preparation for it is, you just got to be the best that you can be. And um, prepare well, have your submission head on, and think, you know, think you've got to be ready to take those chances to submit your opponent. I, I really hope that a lot of people do tune in and watch it. And it could get a lot of people into grappling. How amazing would that be if, um, you know, people seen that and thought, that's cool, you know, because sometimes one versus one grappling, and like I said, people might be holding on to like a, a guard pass or a submission, you know, they might not, they might not find that as exciting. But when it's a team thing, especially a four nations team that that might get a lot of people really excited into into grappling into team grappling most definitely i mean is it is it being live streamed as well as um as well as being ticketed being ticketed uh, i'm not sure about the live stream i'm pretty sure it will be filmed fingers it's crossed. not being filmed someone film it because we get a lot of use someone needs to stream it <laughs> <laughs> fingers I, I think it would be, i think it would I think it would do so well as a live stream. Like for sure, it would do so so well as a live stream. Like I'll, uh, I'll annoy you about getting a live stream. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely be tuning in uh, if there is. Um, well, before we uh, sure. before we finish the interview, we always do. I always do a, a little quick fire round, some fairly easy, sure. jokey questions to answer, um, yeah, yeah. and also <laughs> some open ones. So let's get started. Uh, the first one's easy: SIE, yay or nay? Yay. SIE all day. <laughs> um, favorite competition you've been on so far? Sub series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sub series is brilliant. I think I think it'll come back. That was one of the most fun things I've ever done. <laughs> Especially it, it, adding in COVID, like adding in all that made it extra fun. Like it's 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 not meant to be happening. It's underground. I, I loved it. Um, one thing that BJJ people can do better to look after themselves, um, we haven't really delved into it, but uh, you are a, a sports masseuse uh, and therapist. Is there something that one, like a little thing that people could just do, even if it's like five minutes to a day or anything that they should be doing? Oh, that's like, that's like a really, really good question. Probably, um, probably a things that people are doing um, actually like from what I know scientifically sleep very much basics get good sleep um, and hydrate also like 
uh, a, a small amount of weightlifting um, and strength and conditioning, I think, is good. And also stop just rolling pointlessly every day, maybe, and just doing hours and hours of rolling and not having your brain engaged. Maybe <laughs> uh, you have to come back to me on that one. I could probably write a longer list. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the list could span pages rather than sleep. Months. For me personally, I've actually been really um, putting a lot into sleep like this year. It sounds sounds so lazy, but um, getting better sleep is really good. I couldn't. I hate not feeling well slept. Do you know what? As a blue belt, I used to think ah five and a half six hours sleep, I'm all right. Now, kind of like mm. then putting some concerted effort into going. You know what? I'm gonna go to bed. I need to make sure I get a, a decent seven hours. And suddenly it's like, oh wait, this works. I feel so much better. Why didn't someone tell yeah. me this before? Some things I think you know it is good for a little while. Like it's fun to you know go places, do the camps, sleep on the mats and things. But yeah, long term, like that's not good for you. <laughs> Um, you need to get good sleep it's just yeah it's boring sounds really 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 boring uh, but it's just something I think probably it's getting overlooked definitely uh, hobbies outside BJJ hobbies outside BJJ oh <laughs> uh, that's like a really good one because I don't really have um, I'm trying to think like what do I actually actively do like is drinking coffee a hobby or yes absolutely yeah. this, this podcast was like raised on coffee yeah um I, I i i like exploring really like going around exploring um especially over the past year or so like uh, like actually realizing what's out there on your doorstep i like to drink whiskey i'm really interested in whiskey as well um like good food like exploring cafes yeah most of the good things in life are, for me, still fundamentally <laughs> built on a foundation of jiu-jitsu. And then, yeah, jiu-jitsu, going and visiting nice places and exploring, getting good coffee and all that are then on top of, <laughs> are then on top of jiu-jitsu. I don't really have many hobbies, to be honest. I mean, you've kind of summarized all of mine because there was coffee and whiskey and then jiu-jitsu in there, which are like the top three for me. Um, I went back to playing video games when there was no jujitsu, and uh, that was good fun. But it totally, it just wasn't me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I remember my friend, um, my friend, don't get a mention, Jamie, like built me a gaming PC, and since training's been back, I have not switched it on once. <laughs> I just don't have time to. to I'm sure to be he's gaming. very upset about that. Yeah, he's he's getting his computer back. <laughs> uh, dream opponent. Uh, I, I don't really particularly have one person as a dream opponent. I always think that it's silly to think about that in a sense. I would love to just go way past that. I would actually like thinking more about um, dream sort of arena, like to compete. Like, to, I want, like I want to win the Europeans. I want to compete on Polaris. I want to do the world. I want to do, like do those things. I think about that more um, instead of one one individual in particular. And um, I used to think about when I was maybe a blue belt or whatever. I want to beat this guy and then have the match against them. And it's like, well, what's next? So it goes back maybe a little bit to that goal of not really attaching too much to something specific. 
which is maybe what some sports scientists people they they tell you to make a goal as specific as possible. Sometimes it's nice to actually have like a kind of goal that's not really attached to anything, just try and get better. But um, I've thought about that before. Not really a particularly dream opponent kind of guy. Uh, more like dream stage to compete on, you know. Well, that kind of moves on nicely to the next question, which is uh, ADCC, ADCC champ or IBJJF champ? You can have one. Oh, ADCC. <laughs> For easy, sure. Easy answer. Um, well, given that now I now know, because the last guest that we had, Jonas, didn't drink coffee, much to my disgust, but I forgave him for it. Jonas? Jo- was it Jonas, he, yeah, was he on the sub-series too? Uh, yes. Uh, he yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. only drinks tea and, you know, I forgave him for it, but it's wow. okay. Uh, but wow. <laughs> for you, I can bring back the question, which is coffee of choice. Coffee of choice? Man, I'm going to put you on to this really, really good coffee shop right and go online everyone do this go on and check out Inverness coffee roasters right and order a bag and it's the best thing you will ever smell it's literally the best any coffee from Inverness coffee roasters um so good it's probably my anything that comes from them is 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 amazing and it reminds me I need to go buy somewhere and so best like best coffee like anything that Inverness coffee roasting company do Go and check them out. Go on right now. Do it. I am. I. I'm literally. Uh, I'm ready. I've, we've got ourselves a um, a coffee, uh, an espresso machine, because all nice. I've got is like a French press and well, uh, and more things that I'd like to admit on this podcast anyway. Uh, but so, the espresso 100%. machine is coming, and I will have an, an Inverness coffee roast uh, beans will be the first ones I grace it with. Definitely. Do it. I think I've got more ways and more kind of tools and accoutrements to make coffee than I don't know what I've got them all like I enjoy I like the last one I bought was like a Greek style you know like the Greek style we set it on a stove and you just you don't even filter it yeah yeah like you don't even filter it and I just like trying loads of different coffees and one of the best I think it's called Bond Street Coffee and maybe in Liverpool um, I might be getting the name wrong, yeah, but it was real. It was really close to the Grapple Fest venue. They do an amazing coffee if you're in Liverpool. I think it's called Bond Street Coffee. I might be wrong, um, but it was near Fleet Street, which was where the Grapple Fest uh, venue was. But that was good. That was a good coffee. That's probably dangerous as well because you're going in like going. Oh, I just have another one. I just have another one. It's like you've got your matching table. Yeah. Because they've got they, they do them so small they do the flat whites like really like small size so you could definitely have like two or three in a row, um and just go coffee overload and just have a bit too much but and uh, caffeine caffeine's good can't undo that bit. I I am so glad that you sh- have a shared passion for for this. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, I will I will try and hook you up with some some Turkish coffee for your jazz fair. That would be appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, get on to Inverness Coffee. Uh, what's the next one? Oh, uh, do you have a hidden talent? We've had people who can do Rubik's Cubes, can do all sorts of things, bird calls. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have a hidden talent. Um, actually, my other, the thing that I do as well as um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is um, I run my own business. I'm a sports therapist. Do um, sports massage. I give a really good sports massage, so uh, that's something that I do well. Um, 
I suppose outside of outside of jiu-jitsu I, it's it's an underrated strange thing. one it's an underrated <laughs> thing. if you listen man like there's not many people in the world who wouldn't benefit from a damn good sports massage so just just going to stick that out there like if you're not getting a sports massage see what that can do for you every so often like i said it won't replace the fundamentals of sleeping eating drinking water and, and exercising but if you're if you've got like a big schedule like definitely get a sports massage it's you know it it's guilt-free you know like a lot of people like the things they enjoy like have some guilt attached oh, i love eating pizza or whatever but a good sports massage what's what's the lose it's great it's the the feeling coming out of it is like you you someone's given you a new body. unreal yeah you're like six inches taller <laughs> uh favorite food oh um you know this is like really this is so that's such a tough tough question um like i would say like in the asian sort of continent um I love Lebanese and Middle Eastern food as well. I absolutely love that. Um, discovery of like 2021 has been bao buns and gyoza. Um, love bao buns and gyoza. Um, so like amazing food. Um, actually, like in Elgin, like I'm just going to mention this restaurant. I went to this like amazing restaurant called Auden. It's like a taster menu and it's all about like local foods and things like that. And I loved it. It was brilliant. Um, Good foods. I love Asian foods. I love Middle Eastern food. Going to Rome next year, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And I'm actually going to a cooking class tomorrow night to do some uh, Thai cooking, so that should be good fun. Um, something a little bit different. So I booked myself and my girlfriend on a um, a Thai cooking class. Um, so that should be that should be good. So good. so next That'll time we good. speak, you'll be able to be like, oh yeah, I can knock up gyoza like. In- yeah, I can, I can, I can do some, you know, I can do some prawn crackers or something for you. <laughs> like, I hope I don't make a fool of myself there and just, you know, burn something. Or I'm really like, I really like like strong flavors, so like really spicy or, or something like that. I think I'll probably see their ingredients. And be like, no more, more chili. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm looking, I'm super looking forward to that actually. Um, I think I was having this chat with my girlfriend last night. Like, it's so nice to have an appreciation of like good food. I, I really, I, I'm so glad that I've been able to travel and, and do things and go places and try different foods. Um, I used to be quite a fussy eater, a picky eater, but now I think like someone is like such a like fine thing in life to, to experience and really love like different foods. I love traveling to like London and um, doing, just doing anything and going into like a little restaurant somewhere and being like wow that food is like different and amazing um yeah i love that it's like one of the one of the nicest things in life i i i fully appreciate and and to be honest it kind of reaches out to further things isn't it is that it's really nice just going into something and like jumping into the rabbit hole whether it be coffee or food or jujitsu it's like just nice to learn yeah. more about stuff yeah i and even like i want to i definitely want to get better at cooking as well i just think you know having that skill it would, it would, i can cook some basic things <laughs> but my girlfriend's a much better cook than i am so uh, yeah it's all right you'll get better <laughs> um, yeah yeah no, i've got my whole life <laughs> uh, and the final question is if someone could play you in a movie who would it be and what kind of movie 
Oh, if someone could play me in a movie. Uh, well, if someone could play me in a movie, there is a character that's jumping to mind, right? But then Daniel Craig okay. plays me in yeah. a movie. I don't know. So uh, we'll get Daniel Craig to play me. Um, and uh, I don't know what the movie can be about, whatever. Some, some, anything. It could be anything. But get Daniel Craig to play it because he's a good actor. <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig playing the the, the, the globe trotting team captain for Scotland. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, we'll just that... call the movie like King of the North, King of the North, played by Daniel Craig. That's it. Right? Yeah. Just go with a working title, whatever you're, whatever you want. Fill in the blank. Do you know what I? I think it should Daniel be that, and then you can sell it as like a big action film, and it's actually him just going to a to a cooking class. Yeah, well, that's how it starts. That can be like the opening scene, and then something bad happens. <laughs> but it's called King of the North, and it begins there. So, if you like that's that. like a writing prompt for sure, <laughs> we'll open that up. Like, what's the next scene? Hit me with ideas. Wait, 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 wait. that's I mean, we can sell that. That's straight. That's straight. I think, straight I think we screen. can sell it. <laughs> I think we should go straight to Daniel now. <laughs> no, well. I mean, on that note, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, best of luck. Thanks for having for, me. It's been fun. Best of luck for SGI. I, it, it genuinely is probably, for me personally, as like a fan and uh, a celebrant of UK jiu-jitsu, it is probably one of my favourite comps of the year. Yeah, it will be. It will be, man. I think it's going to really, really live up. Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm, I've got a really good team. I've got a really good team. And... I'm excited to just come up against the best in the UK and we're there to win it for sure. I'm not, people say that all the time. I'm 100% confident in my team that that's our home ground. We can do this. We can win it. There's going to be some moments and I'm, I'm, I'm confident. What way to finish. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. To keep up to date with all our latest stuff, follow us at The Prodigy Podcast on Instagram.